Hello there. Kevin, this is Krista. Yes, I know. Is this time okay? It's actually perfect timing. Oh, how so? I've just received some news, something I think you'll find pretty interesting. What is it? It's about Sarah. Are you talking about the Sarah I did the interview with? That's the one. What about her? I found out her real name. It's Evelyn Denise Robertson. Denise? Is that from Cap's interview? Yes. I can't reveal my sources, but trust me, they are the same person. When you interviewed Sarah, did you pay her cash? PayPal. This would have been in the summer of 2017, in June, on the 11th. She never claimed the funds, did she? That's right, she never did. It's because she went dark after Amanda's disappearance. I don't get it. Why do you think they're the same person? The PayPal confirms the identity connection between the Sarah you interviewed and Evelyn Robertson. The fact that her middle name is Denise, well, that's just a hunch. When Cap said the name Denise, must have been a shock for you. Funny you should mention that. Why? What I gave you wasn't exactly the entire interview. What do you mean? There's more? Yes. How much more? Let's just say it wasn't over. I apologize for this, but I had to know what would happen once you shared it live. And? And I've decided to share it all. But first, I need to show you something. I'm sending it to you now. Got it. A photo? Open it. Holy shit. What you're listening to is a recent Skype call I had with Kevin Schneider. I've been learning quickly to document everything that has to do with this investigation. And as you'll hear, there's more. We'll talk about what Kevin shared with me in just a moment. We're attempting to find out what happened at Great Times Amusements, and this is episode two. Is that Amanda Fuller? Yes. It looks like she's at a carnival. I'm sending you a few more. Oh, wow. It's Amanda, for sure, at a carnival. Looks like these were taken without her knowledge. Good observation. I've seen photos like this. These look as if they were taken with some skill. Someone was following her. I sent you one more. Another one of Amanda, waiting in line for something. Her two friends are there. What am I missing? Just look past your shoulder. The small sign on the fencing. It says, property of Great Times Amusements. 
Cap was telling the truth. Is he still missing? Yes. Where did you get these? My sources. ended shortly after his answer. I didn't expect Kevin to reveal his sources, but this will never stop me from asking. Over the next few days, I pushed him more regarding the Jerry Cappuccino interview. He sent me something else instead. He wouldn't elaborate and simply said it was a new lead. What I'm about to share with you came from Kevin, his new lead. It was information regarding a group that call themselves the Effigies for Ignatius, or the EFI. It was puzzling at first why he shared this with me. As I began to dig deeper, it became clear. Right now, I'm heading to meet with a James Kramer, acting senior cardinal within the EFI. He's agreed to have an interview on record. The office looks like an unmarked door with an address stenciled on. There's a few other businesses here. Let's see what this is about. I'm sitting with Cardinal James Kramer of the Effigies for Ignatius. He's agreed to have this short interview and tell us a little bit about the EFI, who they are, and what they do. Hello, James. Thank you for speaking with me today. My pleasure and welcome. Thank you. As per our phone call, I'm doing a podcast on religious organizations here in the U.S. I'm trying to get people aware of what's out there for more exposure in hopes to connect them. Sounds great. Happy to have you. Excellent. So first, why don't you tell me what the EFI is all about? Sure. We, the Effigies, are a small organization dedicated to creating focused spiritualization using organic materials. Our members span all ages, races, and cultures, and have roots dating back to the 11th century. Our beliefs and practices have been preserved and passed on. The Effigies for Ignatius is our current state. 
What do you mean by current state? The practice of focused spiritualization through organics has taken many names and forms. And currently it's known as the EFI? Correct. What is this exactly? I'll show you. Oh, wow. Tell us what we're looking at? This is what we're about, our effigies. This looks like a dog or something. You are correct. This was created for a member's pet. May I? Absolutely. I'm going to describe for our audience. It's small, fits in the palm of my hand. It feels light, maybe with some wood. The outside is coated with fur. Feels like there may be some materials inside. Yes. What's inside? That's private. Aren't effigies used to disrespect something? Like you'd set fire to it, in sort of a defiance? It's true, effigies can be used to evoke negativity, but what we use them for is to preserve and guide the spirit. So this particular one is for a pet. Explain that to me. This was created using parts of the animal which is deceased. The owner preserved its spirit by making this. In return, the spirit will guide him. Guide him? Yes. We all have a path in this life. Sometimes we need to be guided through it. It's not always clear. Interesting. Question about the effigy itself. So that's actually hair and fur from the deceased animal? Correct. Is there some kind of ceremony that happens while making these? There is. Does this happen in a church or something? Like in here? It happens on a site which we determine internally. Not much happens in here. I can see. Did you just move in? Something like that. I see. May I ask where these ceremonies take place and the process? Locations depend on the circumstance. And what happens after? The effigy is inducted. We keep them at our temple. But this one? I brought it here for you to see. Ah, well, I appreciate that. You are welcome. So back to this temple. It's a church, so to speak? We do have a main temple location, yes. Which is where, again? We keep this private. Okay, shall we move on? Sure. Who is Ignatius? More like what is as opposed to who is. Ignatius represents power. The name itself means fiery one. We believe in the power of our effigies. Incorporating organic materials connects us spiritually to things living or deceased. It gives us power and enlightenment. So, control. A path. So, it guides you. It does exactly that. Who determines the type of effigy to create? It's really up to the member. They determine the purpose and origin of their effigy. So, you each have one? Yes, each of us have our own and are only allowed one in our lifetime. That seems limited. I should clarify, the most important part of a member's journey here is discovering their effigy. The majority of a member's time is spent pondering this. Some may go years, decades even, and some already have one in mind once they join. And you allow that? Sometimes, yes. They will carry this with them forever, even into the next world. We believe in a life after death to which your effigy will also guide and exist in. If I'm hearing you correctly, the effigy will live on with you even in the afterlife? Yes, that's why it may take a lifetime to find out what this will be. Would you say it's a connection to the next world? It could be. May I ask what your effigy is? 
The interview thus far was interesting. I still wasn't sure why Kevin had given me this lead, but as you'll hear, it was about to get downright strange. First, I want to get us up to speed on the person who led me down this rabbit hole in the first place, Sarah, or as Kevin revealed, Evelyn Denise Robertson. Heading to the last known address of Evelyn Robertson. Can I help you? Hi, I'm looking for Evelyn. I think you have the wrong place. Is this 1445 Brett? Number 314? Yes, it is. This is the correct address. Sorry to bother. What's with the microphone? Are you recording this? Yes, but it won't be used without permission. What's it for? A podcast. What's the podcast about? Great Times Amusements. Ever heard of it? No. You don't seem so sure. What did I just say? Did you know the person that used to live here? Her name was Evelyn. No. Never met anyone by that name. How about a Denise? I just moved in about four or five months ago. Is that a no? I said I don't know that name. Did you get that on tape? I did. Good. Use it. I had the feeling there was someone inside that apartment with her, listening to us behind the door. There was something else that disturbed me. Her voice sounded vaguely familiar. decided to call Kevin and get his perspective about that voice. So what do you have? I went to the last known address of Evelyn Robertson, and I'd like your take on this. Was Evelyn there? I'm not sure. I need you to hear something. This woman's voice. It sounded familiar. Tell me what you think. This is the woman I spoke with yesterday. Did you know the person that used to live here? Her name was Evelyn. No. Never met anyone by that name. How about a Denise? I just moved in about four or five months ago. Is that a no? I said I don't know that name. Did you get that on tape? I did. Good. 
use it. Okay. And this is Agent Dobson from your phone call. Agent Dobson? Yes. Hi. Is this Kevin? Yes, it is. How are you? Doing good. Is this a good time? Perfect. That's the same voice, right? They do sound similar. And now for the finale. Here is my interview with Sarah. Thanks for the phone call. No problem. I'll take an easy hundred any day to talk about identity theft. The first half has already been sent to your PayPal account. I see that. So, here's what really happened. I'm going to play you something, too. It's a clip of a recent phone call to Judy Fuller. Judy? Amanda's mother, correct? Yes. Let me cue this. Okay, here we go. Hi, you've reached Judy. Please leave a message. Are these all the same person? I've never met Judy and Agent Dobson in person. Only spoke to them by phone. I have a strong suspicion they're the same. Your finding, however, is interesting. That's putting it lightly. What does this all mean? I'd like to have some analysis done on the voices. Good idea. Back before I began the journey about Great Times Amusements, this podcast started as a piece on identity theft. I conducted an interview with a woman who called herself Sarah in early summer of last year. Did I just meet her in person? And could she be all of these people? Now, let's get back to my interview with Cardinal James of the EFI. So I was asking, about your effigy? I don't have one. Interesting. Why? As I said before, a most important part of this journey is the discovery. I've been a part of the effigy since I was a child, and my journey continues. Since you were a child? Yes, my father was involved, and I became his legacy, so to speak. And your mother? She passed away shortly after I was born. I'm sorry. It's okay, I was very young. If I may ask, how do you assist members with their effigies if you yourself don't have one? By connecting them with the right people. Can you explain? It's common for members to have like-minded intentions. I try and connect them. Can you give me an example? It could be for a common grief or purpose, a shared journey maybe. Is there some kind of approval they go through? Like, are there purposes that the EFI do not condone? These purposes remain private. It's my role to connect, not to judge. So if I wanted to make an effigy to hurt or cause harm, that's okay? It's my role to connect, not to judge. Right, you said that. But isn't that dangerous? We don't believe so. So then, anyone with any kind of intention can join the EFI. Is that what you're saying? I'd say we do not discriminate. With you being the one to connect these, as you put it, like-minded intentions, surely you've seen something questionable? That depends on what's considered questionable. And you don't feel that to be dangerous? Let me ask you, because someone is a Christian, does that make their actions or way of life the only way to live? I'd say a Muslim wouldn't agree with this, or a Catholic, or a Satanist. What gives us the right to judge? Why then the religious aspect to all of this? You call yourself a cardinal. Isn't that Catholic? 
If you think of that word in the literal sense, what comes to mind? A bird? As the adjective, fundamental, essential, primary, these all describe my role here. A leader. A guide. Well, I want to thank you for the time today. I think this was very informative. Before you go, may I ask you a question? Sure. Do you know about the rabbit? I didn't know what they were at first. Then I saw them. They were fingers. I ripped the plastic more, and it was an arm. A little girl's arm. The carnival wristband was still on. How do you know it was a girl? Nail polish. Blue. Do you remember anything else? She had a birthmark. Where? Can you show me? Here. Mr. Cappuccino is pointing to his inner forearm. I'm going to show you a photo. Cap, is this the birthmark you saw? Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being absolutely positive. 10. I'll never forget it. Mr. Cappuccino has identified the birthmark of Amanda Fuller. Her name was Amanda? Yes. I don't want to do this. I'm done talking. Cap, calm down. I got to leave. I got to get out of here. Cap, just calm down. I shouldn't be telling you this. They're going to find us. No one knows you're here. It's perfectly safe. You don't understand. They'll find me. They'll find you what we're talking about. Who will find us? Those people. They're everywhere. Turn off the goddamn recorder. I said I'm done talking. What people? I said turn it off. Okay, it's off. Mr. Cappuccino has agreed to continue our interview. Feel better? Let's just get this over with. Fair enough. You're inside the trailer. What did you do after you found... A fucking arm? Yes. I got out of there. What were you thinking at this point? That I was in big trouble. I snuck back to my trailer. I started packing my shit. I was out of there. Did you leave that night? No. I stayed. Kept thinking that if I left right then, it would be suspicious. So I got in bed and just laid there until the morning. I heard one of the trucks starting up. I looked out the window and saw it haul the trailer out the park. I seen that truck before. Where? At all the truck stops. But it's never been used like the other trucks, you know, to pull stuff. It's just always there. I recognized it right away. And I wondered about it, about why I was there. Now I know. What made you recognize it? A sticker on the back. Sticker of what? The rabbit head. 
What you're listening to is the continuation of Kevin's interview with Jerry Cappuccino. He sent it over shortly after our last Skype call. It's still an incomplete recording, but he promised to send the rest soon. You're probably wondering about my interview with Cardinal James of the EFI, and, well, I am too. I was hacked. The rest of that interview was stolen from my hard drive. If we didn't have a certain party's attention before, we certainly have it now. So, if you're out there listening, here's more of Jerry Cappuccino. Can you describe it, this rabbit head? Looks like a cartoon character. Not like, you know, a real rabbit or something. Big ears, big round eyes, a big smile. We have a rabbit mascot like it at the park. It's a little different, though. Something like this. That's it. I just showed Mr. Cappuccino a drawing of what he's describing. Who drew that? It's the logo for a carnival that's long gone. How long? 20 years. Some of the rides are really old. I complained to one of the guys there, an old-timer, about them. Those old ones never work right. Always breaking down. He would just smile and say, it's the rabbit's fault. Who is he? We called him Fred, but I'm not sure that's his name. Denise was always looking for him, asking him stuff. Like, if we should put this ride up front or where to put food stands. It was like he was her boss when it came to the park rides or stuff. They were always talking. And you said his name was Fred. That's what we called him. Don't know if that's his real name, though. I want to ask you about what you said, about those people who will find you. Who are you talking about? After I saw the trailer leave the park, I started thinking about what I should do. Like, when would be the right time to leave? I figured to work that day, business as usual. Then when we packed up to move, I'd do it then. So I went to work like nothing happened. That day was different. How? I noticed things. Things I didn't before. Some of the workers there, they were watching me. Food guys, the game people, seemed like whatever I was doing, they were watching. Even the mascot, it just popped up close to wherever I was working. It made me wonder, have they been watching me like this the whole time? And there was something else. What? A man. I'd seen him before, at our last stop. He was at the park by himself, just wandering around. I thought it was weird. Didn't think much of it. I remember seeing him there all day. Then he was gone. He popped up again that night, wandering around by himself. When I saw him that last day, I knew he was a part of the fair. Why? That last stop was over 200 miles from where we were. No way he drove that far to come to a shitty carnival again. He was following it. What did he look like? Like in his 40s, short, about five foot six, five, seven, black hair. I thought he was a cop. I've seen undercovers before, been busted by him. Was it park security? The park doesn't have security, at least none that I ever saw. And the way he was acting, it was like he was hunting. And I followed him around, but I think someone tipped him off. Denise came up out of nowhere, gave me some extra shit to do. Lost track of where he was after that. What did Denise have you do? Just some regular stuff. Thought it was weird that she came out of nowhere and so early in the day. She was irritated by something. 
Never seen her like that before. Felt like something was wrong. Like something wasn't going as planned. Or maybe I was just noticing things I didn't see before. I was focused on getting out of there, just sticking to my plan. I'd wait for the park to start closing, then walk out with the crowd. I just needed to make sure I changed my clothes and had my stuff. Everything was going good until Denise came up. It threw everything off. I knew I'd have to act sooner. I went back to my trailer to get some stuff. Someone was inside. I could hear them moving around. Who was it? I didn't stick around to find out. People were already leaving the carnival. I turned my shirt inside out, threw on a hat I took from the game booth, and walked out with some people. On my way, I saw the truck had come back. It was parked in a lot. The one from that morning, with the rabbit head. Yeah. And I started to panic when I saw it. I got about 50 yards before I looked back. I saw that man again. He was looking right at me. What did you do? I ran. What happened after you ran? Did the man come after you? Don't know. I just took off and didn't look back. I eventually ended up at a farm or something. I found some bushes and crashed. I must have slept for like five or six hours. It was pitch dark when I woke up. I just stayed there until the morning. I tried to hitch a ride. Didn't have much luck. It's the way I looked, I guess. All I had was my dirty work clothes. Eventually, I got picked up. Where did you go? The only place I knew. Albuquerque. I figured I'd hook up with some people, borrow some clothes, hustle some cash. Once I got that straight, I'd decide what to do next. And maybe I'd do nothing. Just stay there. But you didn't. I couldn't. Why? Everything was going okay. I met up with some old friends. You know, people I grew up with. I needed someone I could trust. A guy I knew took me in, gave me some stuff that I could sell to get by. Did you tell this friend of yours what happened to you at the carnival? Hell no. Just said I've been hustling some side jobs. He didn't believe me. Saw right through that shit. But he didn't care, really. Cap, why did you leave Albuquerque? I ran into Jack. He's the one who introduced you to Denise, correct? Yeah. My heart jumped into my goddamn throat when I saw him. He was surprised. Kept asking me about the fair. Why I was back, stuff like that. What did you tell him? That I quit. Did he believe you? Nope. He kept asking about it. About Denise. I had the feeling he was still in contact with her. Only a matter of time until he told her about me. Figured... If I just up and left again, I'd attract attention. So I stayed. Didn't see Jack again after that. But I knew he told Denise. Why? I was staying with my friend out by Grant's. One night, I went to the store. And the stores out there are gas stations, you know, truck stops. One of them has a big store, lots of trucks and semis. Sometimes it gets pretty packed. I was walking through the lot towards the store, and there it was. The truck with the rabbit head. I knew right then Jack opened his big mouth. He was still in contact with Denise. What did you do? My first thought was to run fast. But something in me 
I don't know, just took over. And I got mad about what I saw back at the fair. Th that was a little girl, someone's daughter. Seeing the truck, that they were looking for me? I don't know, it made me mad. So, I found a spot behind some trucks and waited. I had to see who this was. I waited there for a while. No one came. I got nervous. Like they was already watching me. And I waited a little longer. How long? Had to have been over an hour. Maybe two. I slipped out the lot and walked back home. But I cut through the field, off the road. I came up on the house from the back. The stove was still boiling water, like my boy forgot he was cooking. I called him, but he wasn't there. He wasn't in the kitchen. He wasn't in the house. I left him, chilling, on the couch. I get back and he's gone? TV was on. His cigarettes were still burning. Lights were on. But he wasn't there. I went back into the kitchen to turn the stove off, and on the fridge there was a note. Someone drew an eyeball. Underneath it said, I see you. Cap? I, I... I froze. Whoever's there? It was in the house with me. I just stood there, waiting for it to come. Where was your friend? He was gone. So you just stood there in the kitchen? Yeah. For a long time, too. I was just frozen. Then I heard a truck start up outside. It got me moving. And I went to the front and looked out the window. There it was, the truck. It was idling there, in front. Did you see who was in it? It was dark, but it looked like a man. He was looking at me. I could see his eyes. Then he just sped off. I knew right then. There's no escape. They wanted me to know. Who did? The fair. I felt like what I saw in the trailer. Just a bag of body parts. Trapped. Forever at the fair. But you're not. You're here. Safe. You think we're safe? We're not safe. I'm still trapped at that fair. And now you are too. Cap, no one knows where you are. You're wrong. They know. They're here, everywhere. Nothing's okay. They know things. They can see things. We can't control things. Control what things? Dark things.
Sounds Amusements is a production of Tainted Productions. Created by M. Leonard and Vaughn Gray. Produced by Vaughn Gray. Screenplays by M. Leonard. Original score by Sense Delete. Starring in alphabetical order, Eric Bond as Cardinal James. The Quan Chambers as Jerry Cap Capacino. Janae Hirsch as Krista Hendrickson, Heidi Kaplan as Agent Marianne Dobson, and James Molina as Kevin. What Happened at Great Times Amusements was recorded at Albion Sound Studios in Mesa, Arizona.